to this place, burning to receive your peace. I come with my own chains. The wars I fought for my own selfish gain. You're my God and my Father. I've accepted your son. But my soul feels so empty now What have I become? Lord, come with your fire Burn my desires, refine me Lord, my will has deceived me Please come and free me, refine me My heart can when I only look at me, my soul can't hear. When I only think of my own fears, they are gone in a moment. You're forever the same. Why did I? Can I speak your name, Lord? Come with the fire, burn my desires, refine me. Lord, my will have deceived me. Please come and free me. Come rescue this child, for I long to be reconciled to you. It's all I can do to give my heart and soul to you and pray and pray. Oh, I will pray. Ooh, come with your fire, burn my desires, refine me. Okay, so the last thing we want to become is a church that pursues an exhaustive list of rules and regulations. But sometimes it's important to remind ourselves of a few things. Around here, we're more interested in giving a cold cup of water to a thirsty person than we are in drinking it ourselves. Around here, we're more interested in rubbing shoulders with people who have made plenty of mistakes than we are in standing next to people who pretend they haven't. In other words, the prostitute wins. The Pharisee does not. Around here, 
We're more interested in following an unpredictable savior than we are in crawling after the expected and the routinely predictable. Around here, we're more interested in equipping you to live in the real world, a world that God created and loves, than we are in creating a Christian bubble. And just to be clear, we'll gladly search for one lost, over 99 found, every time. Around here, we're more interested in growing big people than we are in growing a big church. Around here, we're more interested in helping you discover a life of worship than we are in furthering a musical genre. And finally, around here, we're more interested in walking through life together than we are in watching each other from a safe distance. And we're very interested in showing you how this works. Friends, we are a community that is guided by these biblical values. They will guide every decision we make, every relationship we nurture, and every plan we conceive. This is the road we're choosing to travel, and you are invited to take the journey with us, because we'd love it if you joined us. Good morning. Let's all stand and worship Jesus this morning.
say hello and glad to see you and happy birthday to Lisa and we just had a great week celebrating her. It's good morning to say good morning. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you are trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. It's been a week. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah? That's good. Some of us had a good week. Some of us had to kind of pull through it or get pulled through it. <laughs> that's pretty, uh, pretty typical for our week in our household. There's always somebody that's pulled and some that are pushed and some that just walk. So that's a good thing. I wanted to read this to you this morning. This is a really um, neat thing that just hit me right in the heart this week, and it was really powerful. It talks about um, how powerful God is. So the power of God is often most clearly seen in contradictions of our life. When you are caught between a rock and a hard place, or when you find yourself stuck out on a limb, that's when he shows up. When you find yourself up a creek without a paddle, or when in every direction where you look there is no way out, it is in the midst of that reality that God's power is clearly visible. Have you, have you ever witnessed that? When you're at your weakest, oh, amen, I've been there. Now, to be sure, his power is always there. It is not always seen. Until sometimes he allows things to get so out of hand that his power is the only option that you have. So when life crashes in on you, when hopelessness seems to reign, and there's no way out, and you look north, south, east, and west, and all you see is calamity closing in on you, then, in a, new, a unique and special way, God often breaks through and lets you know he alone is your answer. That's why Job could say, I looked for him and couldn't find him. In every direction I looked, and he was invisible to me. But then, but then Job remembered the power of God and said, when I get through this, when I get through this travail, I will know how real God is. So don't give up. Instead, look up. And his power is still there. Isn't that awesome? That his power never fails. It's always there. It's like a river. That power never goes away. It is always there. So pretty awesome. Let's continue to worship with him. And actually not with him, but to him and about him. Spirit, come into this place. Be pleased with our worship to you, Jesus, this morning. We love you, Lord. We want you here, and we invite you in, Jesus, to just descend on us now. Take all. Sing that with me. Take all earth, heavenly's hands and multiply. God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire. Set me on 
There's nothing worth more than will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love, where my heart becomes free and my shame is
Lord, remove all of those distractions that we don't need in our way this morning so we can meet you right where you're at. Lord, we love you. We want you here and we welcome you. And we just pray that you'll fill this place, Jesus. Turning 
Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to pray and praise and to, Lord, put you as the center of our focus this morning. I ask, God, that as we open your word, that we, as we just uh, seek you, Lord, as we seek what you want to say to us personally and corporately today, I ask, God, for you to show up in a powerful way. Be faithful as you always are faithful, we pray this morning. And we thank you, God, for your faithfulness in all the things of our life, the big, the little, everything in between. For those who are in physical situations that they need to have a healing touch from you, God, I just pray for good things there as well. We think, Lord, this morning of Cheryl Lindley, and we pray, God, that you will just bring about just good things through surgery that she is up against tomorrow. We pray, God, that your hands will guide the hands of the surgeons and that we will have a great report. Lord, we thank you that you care about the big details and the small details of every one of our lives. And today, we ask you to enter into each one of them because we want you, Lord, to have full authority in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I uh, want to also dismiss our children to Children's Church this morning. And uh, it is so good to see you, church. Glad you're here with us. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, thank you. I know that I mentioned this last week. I want to mention this once again this week. But thank you for uh, your participation, um, number one, in discovering our core values. You might see on the, uh, where you were seated today, just before you sat down, that there's a piece of paper there that just uh, shares our core values. We just did that together this fall. And one of the big reasons why not only do we want to discover that and understand what our core values are together, but also we want to use that as your leadership, uh, myself as well as the board and your staff, as we are seeking God as he is wanting, we're wanting him to reveal to us his preferred future for Woodland Life Center. And we, uh, we're looking for a renewed vision. We're looking for revival. We're looking for God to show up in ways maybe we never even expected. And so uh, continue, as I shared last week, to pray for our upcoming leadership retreat that will be happening on February 20th at Golden Bell. And uh, your input, I tell you what, uh, it's it, that, that time that we spent together putting together these core values, it's going to be a great asset to us during this retreat. Thank you for doing that. There's, a, there's something in us that does not like uh, to submit to authority, uh, but everyone has given something or someone authority in their life. And uh, even an anarchist has to give themselves over to anarchy. Amen? We see that at times. And, and so this morning, I, I want to just... Uh, I want to ask you, as we before we begin together, um, that you would just pray about God. What has authority in my life? What is having authority in my life? At that, uh, I just want to just take a step aside here, just for a moment, allow Eric to share a few things with us, and then we will uh, continue on together. WLC family. Thank you for being here this morning. We're excited to see you all. We just wanted to let you know of some opportunities that are coming up to serve here at WLC. We're excited to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and one of the ways that you can do that is through being a counter for our offering. If you would like to be involved in that, it's about 15 to 30 minutes after the service, once a month, and we're looking for three people 
that can jump in and help with that. If you're interested, would you please pray about it? And then contact Jim Rumsey and let him know and he'll fill you in on the rest of the details. We're really excited to be able to serve people and this is one way that we really need help and you can be a part of it. So we look forward to seeing you and we also look forward to being the church to our community and to our people here. Have a great day. Is it working? All right. Hey, good morning. It's good to see everybody. How are you doing? Awesome. Wonderful. Uh, this time's right have been really hard. We've been separated. It's sometimes you don't get to see each other as much as we like. So it's really great to be able to see all of you here on a Sunday. They're seeing the, the seats fill up and just share the love of our Lord together as his children. It's wonderful. At this time, though, we also don't want to forget those that are still at home that aren't coming out. So just have them in your heart. There's so many of them, like uh, Monty Ferris and Bob Magistrelli and Cheryl Lindley, just keep them in your hearts. There's those you can think of. Give them a call. Reach out to them. Let them know that you love them. You still think about them. Uh, if you're new here, is anybody new? Raise your hand. No? All right. That's okay. So we do have these bags. If you do ever see somebody new, just point them to them. They're usually in the back or hanging up, and just let them know they're there. I like to take this time every week or every Sunday, hopefully, to start talking about the good things that are happening. This week I found out there's a, a group of you went out in the community and you gathered up some food and you took it down to Green Mountain Falls. There's a, a cupboard there and you, you gave them this food and they're just so thankful. It's wonderful. And it's just, it's great to see you in this church going out and, and showing the love to community and being family of those out there that don't know Jesus. And that's wonderful. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's a food box out there. I, I know it looks kind of uh, blue collar, right? It's a little like work box kind of thing on roller wheels, but we'll bring it out on Sundays. But you're filling that up, too, and we're taking that to community cupboard, so thank you. Feeding the poor, it's great. It's wonderful. But we also have another group. We got some, uh, our youth, the teens. They're, uh, we got a Bible quizzing group. Now, you guys, are you familiar with them? They're undefeated now for, what is it, four years? Yeah, four years are undefeated. And it's just a great ministry, you know, the way they're touching lives, the things that they're doing. And so our men's group that meets on Saturday mornings, we decided to forego that. So this Saturday on the big screen, we're going to play that Bible quiz, and we're going to watch them live and, and see how they do. So if you uh, would like to come on in, we'll have the seats set up and uh, cheer them on. So uh, that's what we'll be doing this, this, this next Saturday. So anyway, just want to welcome you. It's wonderful to see you. We love you all. Thanks. Thank you, Eric, for sharing these things. Well, as I shared earlier, um, there is something... Uh, in the midst of our, our lives, maybe, well, just let me ask you this uh, as we begin today. If I say these words to you or you ever hear these words, what's your first reaction? Because I told you so. And this, yeah, just think about it. Because I told you so. You immediately started to cringe when I, you saw this slide before you this morning that said, uh, that talked about the authority of Jesus. I don't care if you're here in this room, and for those of you who are watching online, you probably cringed. Oh, great. Here we go, talking about authority. And, and, but I want to tell you something, that the, it's good news. The authority of Jesus is a wonderful thing, and it's something we can be so thankful for, but... There's something inside of us from the beginning of time that does not like to submit to authority. 
I was reminded when one time when we were trying to be more outreach driven in regards to our church and it's one of our emphasis that we were talking about this was a few years ago and in the midst of that we had a Sunday morning that was really outreach driven everybody knew about it in the service we had been preparing for months and one of the things that we did is we asked our teens and a couple of adults, but primarily our teens, to step out into the parking lot. And when people were coming in, they were to direct them and get them parked in the right spots because we were expecting a large crowd. But we also had one section, one large section for our visitors. So if it was their first time there, we wanted our teens to direct them right there. Well, one of the individuals, he is a gentleman who had been around for quite a while, I found out later on that as he came in that morning and the teens started directing him in a certain direction because it was full over here and it was full over there, he, he just whipped right around them and went right into one of the visitor's parking spots right in front of the church. And he came in and he says, I don't understand. These kids, I've been going here since these kids were in diapers. They're trying to tell me where to park. <laughs> and he was not happy. I mean, he was just not having it. Uh, it was hard for him to understand why we would put these visitors first. They need to pay their dues, you know. I've been here long enough. And he went on and on. Well, that was before the service even started. But it, as the service started and came to a close, he began to see, uh, by the way, we had 350 people that morning. It was a big crowd for us that morning. And he began to see some of his associates that he worked with there in the city government. He began to see some people that he never dreamed would come to church, and they were there in this church service. And the good news is, is suddenly he began to think a little bit differently about why the authorities of that church, the leadership of that church, was saying, you know what? We need to give special space for those who maybe have never been here before, and we want to tell them about Jesus. Not always does it go that way. Not always is it that easy or that simple. But praise God, he was able to see it right off. But I'm telling you, there are things within us that just say, it doesn't matter what it is, we just don't like it. I remember when I was a kid, I went to a Christian school, and it was called a fundamentalist, evangelical, Methodist church that ran this Christian school. And they had all kinds of rules. I mean, they had rules just for, have, just for the sake of having rules. But one of the ones that I really didn't like, because I was in middle school, and all the people that I thought were really cool, like Eddie Van Halen and Ted Nugent and all these, they all had long hair, you know. Well, I found out in that school that if your hair touched your eyebrows or your ears or your collar, you're going to hell. And so, and so, poor Tim Stearman doesn't have a chance. And so, anyway, uh, we, we just, we, but I tell you what, we, I just, I was, even as a middle schooler, I just was like, I don't like, I don't like that. And so, one of the things they said, the only Bible was the King James Version. Because that's the version that Jesus used, and that's the version that you're going to use. Right? So, there's not a whole lot of truth to that, but you look that up. But anyway, <laughs> I finally... I had, I, you know, going to a Nazarene church, we had the Nazarene International Version. They did not like that. It's called the New International Version. Did not like that, didn't want that having. And all of that to say is I got the Bible they wanted to. And I opened up, whoops, the, the front of that Bible. And as I opened it up, I, I saw this picture of Jesus. 
and Jesus had long hair. I did not realize that, but I said, oh, man, I've got you guys now. I mean, he not only had long hair, he had porcelain skin and blue eyes. It was uh, amazing. <laughs> and and I, I looked at that, and I went to my teacher, and I said, hey, here's, here's Jesus in my Bible. I showed it to her, and he has long hair. Go to the principal's office. And sure, there I go to the principal's office. And I got my lecture. Well, one day I'm in the foyer. And I look to see, you know, they, John Wesley was one of their, one of their heroes. And, and there on the wall is John Wesley with long flowing locks of hair. And I said to my teacher, hey, he has long hair too. What's up with that? Go to the principal's office. I mean, I was, me and that principal got to know each other real well. But here's the bottom line was it was their school. These were their rules. And if I wanted to be a part of that, I needed to follow along. But there's something inside of us, amen, that just doesn't like authority. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. Period. There's a lady who was shopping with her husband and he, he asked her, please hon, don't buy any more new clothes. We, we're running low in our budgets. Things aren't looking real good right now. So she went shopping and she just couldn't just window shop. So she went ahead and she brought this brand new dress in secret, didn't tell her husband about it, but a couple of days later he discovered it. And he was so upset. She told him, you know, I, I, I just tried it on. I just wanted to see what it would look like on me. And it looked so good. She said, Satan tempted me to buy it. She just couldn't resist it. And so her husband said, well, why didn't you do what the scripture says and say, get behind me, Satan. And she said, I did. And he said, it looks even better from back there. <laughs> oh, my. We want control. Don't tell us what to do. Amen? As a kid, there was, most of the songs on the radio were about some type of rebellion. Can you think of some? Anybody? I fight authority. Authority always wins. That's, yeah, that was a John Cougar. Anyone else? We're, we're not going to take it. Twisted Sister? Yeah, we have any Twisted Sister fans out there? Uh, any, any other songs? about rebellion when you grew up? What was, what was that? Give me a head with hair. Here you go. Exactly. Uh, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. I can't drive 55. Do you remember that one? Most of us are still singing that. Smoking in the boys' room. Do you remember a guy that called Old Blue Eyes? I did it my way. Oh, not Frank Sinatra. Not even Frank Sinatra. Yeah, even him. Uh, <laughs> so since you've been gone, I can breathe for the first time. You heard that song maybe. These days we have a hard time understanding authority and our culture continually points us in directions to question, to rebel, to fight, to hate, to dare tear down authority and gain control any way you can. But I want you to know that there is one who is in control and has full authority today, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand this morning that no matter what is happening, that Jesus has the reins on what is going on. 
it's not easy for us to understand that sometimes. Some of us may have even looked at Romans chapter 13, and you see there Paul saying, you know what, we need to submit to the authorities because God has placed those authorities in the positions that they're in. And you've got to imagine, I know that's hard enough for us, but imagine then in Rome where people were under persecution and Christians were being killed and bad things were happening all over the place, and he's saying, you need to submit to them? Job had no clue what was going on in the background. But here, God was in control and he had authority. And in the midst of it all, there was a plan that was, being unfold, that was unfolding before the people. And not even Job understood. But one, some of us at times want to be just like Job and we want to say, you know what? God, I don't understand what you're doing. And God can handle it, by the way, if you're upset. He can handle your issues, your problems, your, your anger even. But here's what God came back to Job and said to him about all of his complaints and all of his critiques and everything else. He said to Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Right there. God was saying, I'm in authority here. And not you. That's not easy. But eventually something's going to happen in our lives where we're going to realize that we are not in control if it hasn't already happened for you. There might be a, a health issue or the death of a friend or a family member, or loss of a job, a pandemic. But when these times come, They serve as a mirror church. I was talking uh, with a friend about this just a couple weeks ago. I thought, what a great insight. But they serve as a mirror. Then you will find out where your faith really is during these times. What you are really afraid of. If your concerns or your vision are eternal or temporal, you're going to figure out during these times how big your God really is. Your attitude and response to God's authority does not say nearly as much about God as it does about you. So many times uh, we begin to blame, but blaming God only reveals your heart towards him, not his heart towards you. So think about this with me before we open the the text. When life throws you a curveball, how big is your God? Do you curse God and hope to die, kind of like Job's friends told him to do? Or do you dig deeper and draw closer, even though you don't understand? If you believe God is truly in control, your joy is not rooted in the temporal. It's rooted in the eternal. It is secure in the eternal. Paul put it this way, to live is Christ, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Romans 14, 7 says, for none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord.
That was an eternal vision that saw beyond what was happening right here and right now. And I'm telling you, as we are seeking, as your leadership of the church, God's authority in this church and his preferred future, I want you to know we're not thinking about next week. We're thinking about three years, five years, ten years from now, how this church is going to affect our community for Jesus Christ. I think of Corey Ten Boom, who was hauled away to concentration camp she saw family and friends die and she said in that moment she began to understand the difference between the temporal and the eternal she said in that moment she began to think differently about her friends and her family that were passing on and yes the grief was real and it hurt and it was a struggle and she couldn't understand how God could allow this to happen all the questions were there you can imagine in her heart and in her mind but she still believed something was bigger than what was happening around her more than what she could see is our God that big church I pray Matthew chapter 8. We look there and we read this story. And it's a story about a centurion. Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. We don't know exactly where that was located. We don't know exactly what was going or where he was moving from to, to come to Capernaum. But, but Jesus left that, that time where on that mountaintop where this sermon of all sermons was given And he basically laid out his mission and his desire and his hopes and his will and his plan for us right there on the side of a mountain. And he moves from that place and he moves to a town called Capernaum. And while he was coming into Capernaum, it says there in verse 5 that a centurion came to him asking for help. Now you need to understand what a centurion was. If you don't have, you may already understand this, you may already know this. But if not, he was over at least 100 foot soldiers, a legion, a, a group of men who were powerful and strong and had all authority in that province. Centurion was, he was in charge of not only executing the orders, but he was in charge of keeping order in the district in which he was placed. And if you were in that area and in this place that this centurion was working, everyone was subject to him, subject to Rome. These were, this was not, uh, these were not Roman citizens, including Jesus not being a Roman citizen that he was dealing with. But here he comes, this man who has so much power and so much authority. And these words come to to us. This centurion, this men of men, this powerful individual comes to Jesus and asks for help. He had come up against something in his life where he realized, you know what, I, even though I have so much earthly authority, I have no power over this. And he began to realize who there had to be something, someone, something bigger or greater that had more control, that had the true authority in the world. And no doubt he had heard of Jesus. No doubt he had heard of the great sermon. Maybe 
had probably already heard of, I know he had heard of the miracles and he had heard of the feeding of the 5,000 and all these things that were happening in this midst. And he realized and he starts recognizing that this is authority because, see, he was a man of authority. And as a man of authority, he recognized authority immediately. So in verse 6, he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed. He's suffering terribly. He recognized where his authority ended. And then he began to realize where true authority begins. Oh, that's a, that's a powerful thought there. Have we realized where true authority begins in our lives? Jesus, he, he speaks to him and he says, should I come and heal him? He begins by speaking to the centurion in a way that, that encourages not just authority but relationship. Should, shall I come to heal him? How would you like to handle this together? What would you... But the centurion, he replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. Think about that. Just say the word. My servant will be healed. For I myself, he says, am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was truly amazed because basically what was happening was this man of authority who had so much power in that region was saying, you know what, I understand authority and I can see, a matter of fact, I can see that you have authority over things I could never imagine. The wind and the waves, we are told in Scripture, even obey Jesus. Jesus can even take the the dirt, the dust of the earth, heal a man's eyes, or create a human being. He was recognizing an authority that was far beyond his own. When Jesus heard, he was amazed. I mean, here's this guy, he's not He's as far away from God probably as you can maybe imagine, and yet he begins to recognize Jesus for the power and the authority that he truly is. Truly, I tell you, Jesus says, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now, that may sound like a really benign statement to you and me, but I'm going to tell you for that to be said in Israel, for all of those who were so religious, who had given you know, sacrifice, they feel so much, who had gone through so many rituals, and to hear these words, that was a powerful statement. Because basically what Jesus is saying is, you know what? For all the things that you do, for all the things that Israel has tried to give up or do in ritual or, 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 or bring about because of the way that they subject themselves, you know, physically, I see a heart in this man that I can actually use. 
You see, sometimes we think, man, Jesus should be coming after this situation with a sword, or he should be coming after this situation with, with a, a, just a complete uh, wiping out of all that are against him. But yet, Jesus... He didn't go the way that the Pharisees wanted him to go. He didn't go the way the Essenes or the Sadducees or the Zealots wanted him to go. He went for people's hearts. Not for their laws. Not for their government. He was after the heart. So Jesus, he sees this man and he is truly amazed at his faith. Here's a heart that I can work with. When Jesus heard this, not only was he was amazed, he, he also, as I shared, he was sharing with, with Israel, here's the issue. You can give me all your sacrifices, but what I really want is a heart relationship. I say to you, Jesus goes on to say, he says, I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast with Abraham. That's good news for you and me, by the way. Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus looks at this centurion, this man who understands authority, and he says, go, let it be done, done just as you believed it would. And this servant was healed. This servant was healed in that moment. I want to ask you this morning, does your, does your heart, in your heart of hearts, truly believe that Jesus has all authority? I mean, in the, when, when the day is closed, when you turn off the TV, when you shut down the computer, when you've heard all the bad news, when you've heard everything that you just think, oh, man, I don't like this, and I don't like the direction, and I don't care for what's happening here. I don't, do you still believe, can you still hold on that our Jesus is the one who holds the keys to, to death in the grave? That our Jesus is the one who is alive right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, that he is still in control. Because I'm telling you, if we don't have that bedrock, if we don't have that foundation, then everything else shakes underneath of us. But before we can come to that place, we have to, we have to see some things that are great insights from this text, from this centurion. Number one, I want you to see in this text that he was humble. He was humble. We're told in Proverbs these words that you probably remember. Oh, memorized years ago. Trust in the Lord with all of your strength and lead not on your own understanding. It's, it's been said that my kids' generation, um, when they want to find advice or they want to find something that they feel is you know, accurate and that is foundational, regardless of what it's about. I mean, for us, when, when I was a kid, I would just go to my friend's house. Hey, you know what? My mom and dad said this. And I, you know, don't you think? Yeah, they're just crazy. What's wrong with your mom and dad? You know, 
Now you just Google it. You know? And so what they're figuring out about whether it's sex or whether it's, you know, whether it's authority or whether it's politics or whether it's the church or whether it's our origins, how creation actually happened, they just get online and they look there and, and they're being told that this is the authority on the subject. I want you to know we have to stop leaning on our own understanding. Stop searching on the internet. Stop, stop looking to maybe even you know, your, your, your friends. Stop looking to other things and ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me in this situation? Help me. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. It goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Right now, it didn't say, now, in some of your ways, acknowledge him. And say, try to acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And Jesus himself said, if you seek after me, you will find me. When you seek with all your heart. This centurion, he was humble. After we know his background, we know how he maintained discipline and executed orders. He could have commanded Jesus, Jesus, I command you right now, you are going to come to my house. He could have detained Jesus. He could have arrested him. He could have said, you know what, you're going to sit here right outside of my door until I need you, possibly for healing of other people in my, in my household. But he didn't. He came to him, and he came to him humbly, even though he was a subject of this problem. I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. I mean, humility, church, is essential to understanding God's authority. Remember the words in Scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, then he will hear us. Humility accepts the answer, be it yes or be it no or be it not yet. Humility responds in faith that God is able. But even if he does not choose to answer in our way, we still say our God is still God. Job said these words in the midst of it all. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Those are powerful words. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had said, you know what, they, they honored the king, they honored his rules, but they said, when it comes to where our heart goes, Jesus, our God, excuse me, our God, he has the full authority. And so they said, no, we're not going to bow down. We, will, we, we, we honor you, we respect you, king, but we're not going to bow down to your idols. And then they went on to say that, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Even if he doesn't, they're saying, we know that our God still has full authority. Ah, we need to be humble, church. Second thing I notice with this centurion is he was confident. He recognized authority, and he, just, he said this, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. He was confident 
in God's authority. That's so powerful. Think about that for a moment. Where does Jesus just need to say the word in your life? Where does Jesus just need to say the word in your life? Do you believe that his authority extends even into what you're dealing with? Don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not a name it and claim it word. God is primarily in the business of developing you spiritually. He is way more concerned about your character than he is about your comfort. Oh, man. I don't like that. He is way more concerned about your character than he is your comfort. God is way more concerned about being with you eternally than healing you temporarily. So with that in mind, where does Jesus need to say the word in your life? In what area do you least reflect him when you look at the mirror of what we're going through in our world? I remember speaking at one point about this understanding of we are people as God's people who think eternally, not just temporally. And I said, maybe we need to focus more in our prayers on praying eternal prayers. Praying prayers of where we say, you know what, I want to see someone's life given to Jesus Christ and all these other things are very important and we do need to pray about them. But can we also not forget to pray about the eternal issues that are happening around us? Right after I was done preaching that sermon, one person came up to me and they said, you know what, Pastor, I heard what you're saying. Hey, could you pray for my family member? They have this issue with gout. (laughs) And and I was like, oh, we need to pray about that. But let me tell you something. Isn't this even bigger to pray about than just that? Because here's something that we don't want to recognize, church. We're going to die. And whether you believe it or not, you're going to meet the authority of all authorities, the king of all kings, face to face. There will be a judgment day. And when that day comes, I don't want to be said, you know what? Well, I just was worried about all these temporal things. I want to be known as someone who has prayed for eternal things. It's happened before the Lord. Because the only thing that I can take with me to heaven is another soul. Amen? I'm not belittling our physical needs. We do need God, Jesus healed the sick. But every person, we've got to remember, every person he healed, they did die, right? We need to think not just temporally, but also eternally. In what area do I need more of Jesus? Centurion was also intentional. He, he was very intentional. And he understood how to address authority. He says in verse 9, he says, For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. He goes. I tell this one, come. He comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. And Jesus still, I want to proclaim this morning, still moves in authority today. 
Our Jesus still moves in authority today. Jesus has the authority over the obstacles in your life today. The one that you have been praying to receive Jesus for years and you're just about to give up and you're about to think, man, I don't know, think that I will ever see this happen. I don't know that I'll ever see this individual change. I want you to know, don't give up. Have faith. Even when you can't see it, Jesus is exercising his authority. sermon is more for me than anyone else but even when I can't see it Jesus is exercising his authority young lady came up to me after service a couple years ago she said to me she said very plainly after a service where I had said you know what if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior I'd like to ask you to come forward and and in those days, we were seeing people coming to the Lord left and right. And I thought as she was coming forward, oh, man, this could be another amazing moment where this individual gives her heart to the Lord. And she had just a stone-cold look in her face. She came up to me and she just said very plainly, I don't believe in your God. I'm an atheist. I don't even, real, I don't even know why I came this morning. And she was not happy. She said and she went through and critiqued how, you know, in my, in my sermon. And, you know, I don't believe that God can do that. I don't believe that God did this. I don't believe that God even is going to do that in the future for us. I don't understand this. And she said, I just felt like I needed to tell you all of these things. I just listened. I come to find out, she said, as she continued on, she said, really, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And, and, and the friend of hers that went to our church said, there that she said, you know, I, she invited me, I came, I'm at the end of my rope, and the longer she talked, the more I began to see her life was in shambles. She was hurting in ways that, that went into addiction and beyond. And I just began to share God's great love for her. I was like, in that moment, I don't know, God, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a human being, but Lord, help me represent you well. I'm praying to myself, and as I'm praying this, I, I, I shared this with her, and I said, you know, I believe that God has a plan for you and a purpose for you, and you know what? The things that you're going through right now, this is not what God desires to see happen in your life. He can turn these things around. All you have to do is just pray this prayer, and I just went through, and she, uh-uh, no way. I'm not that she backs off, and she left that building. And I thought to myself, well, I don't know that I'll ever see her again. I prayed over her during that week, and I just didn't know. That next Sunday, I didn't see her in the congregation. But here after the service, here she comes again up on my left side. And as she's coming towards me, I see a completely different face. Her eyes were just wide open. There was a smile on her face. I mean, she looked like a different person. I recognized her, but she looked like a different person. And I thought to myself, as she began walking towards me, she gave her heart to Jesus this week. 
And sure enough, the first words out of her mouth were, Pastor Matt, I've given my heart to Jesus. I love him. He's filled me. Everything's is changing. My home life is changing. She gave me a hug. She didn't even know me. She's just hugging on me. And she's like, I just, I'm so thankful for what God is doing. I mean, it was an amazing 180 degrees from what I saw the week before. And I thought, man, there's no way that God, I just don't think that this is going to happen. She was so obstinate, so angry at God. And then one week later, but here's the thing thing I had to learn to lean not on my own understanding because all authority is in God and not in me that's why I say to you amen we give God the praise and that's and it's here's when I first came seven months ago I told you I said I am nothing but Jesus is everything and that's the center of what I believe I'm not here I mean, I, I love our denomination. I love you know, a lot of things about who we are. But I'm here to see people come to know Jesus. I love the structure that we have for that. But, man, i got to ask you, because I, I saw this in her life, but I have to ask you, what has been given authority in your life? Think about that question just for a moment. What has been given authority in your life? Things just don't happen by accident. Satan has a great way of just throwing things in our path. But we have the free will to determine, are we going to pick that up or not? Do you hear me? People will say mean, critical, awful, but you have the choice. Are you going to pick that up? Are you just giving it to Jesus? He's the one with the authority. I mean... Where and what has been given authority in your life? I've met far too many people who have allowed the wrong voices to have authority in their life. And there are things that are sick and there are things that are toxic and deadly that are constantly bombarding us to make a decision. And we have a decision every time something sick and toxic and, and divisive and, and, and that lacks unity and lacks God's favor. We have a decision right then and there. Are we going to pick it up? Let it go. Will we drink the poison? Will we leave it on that channel? Will we stay on that website? Whatever you pick up in life, it will impact you. Are the things that you're picking up, are they bringing more harmony or are they bringing more division? Are they moving you a step closer to Jesus or a step further away? telling you, if you don't have a saving relationship with Jesus this morning, the best thing you could ever pick up is your cross. And choose to die for yourself and live for Jesus. Repent of the sins of the past. Trade the hurt, the pain, and the disappointment for his peace and for his joy and for his love. He, our God, Jesus, he is for you. He loves you. He is not against you. Jesus paid the penalty of your sins on the worst type of execution you can imagine, the cross. And he died to have a saving relationship with you. I mean, the whole time, his whole purpose, I mean, if you pick this up and you read it from cover to cover, the message from Genesis to Revelation is this, I want a relationship with you.
and I'd do anything, I would die. Our God would die to have a relationship with you. He stands at the ready, calling out a saving message to you. Will you accept his gift? Jesus, he doesn't change. He doesn't shift like shadows. He doesn't get tossed in to and fro like the waves. He's not like the sand that you just sink in. He is the solid rock of ages. What are you going to allow to have the authority in your life? There's an American battleship He's traveling at night, and he was traveling around the Canada, and the radio came on, and, and it says, Canadian Navy to American battleship. We have detected that you are on a collision course with us. Please alter your course five degrees north by northeast to avoid collision over. Ship's captain looks at his crew, and he kind of gives him a wink, and he radios back. American battleship to Canadian Navy. You are on a collision course with us. Please alter your course five degrees south by southwest to avoid collision over. Radio comes back on Canadian Navy to American battleship. We can't do that. Please alter your course five degrees north by northwest to avoid collision over. And the captain takes the radio and in his best show of authority, he says, American battleship, the Canadian Navy. We are the USS Lincoln, one of the largest naval vessels in the entire U.S. Navy and escorted by several smaller support ships. If you do not alter your course, we will be forced to defend ourselves to avoid collision over. And there was radio silence. Finally, you hear a voice on the radio once again. Canadian Navy to American battleship. We are a lighthouse. Your call. Over. No matter how much you think you have it all together. No matter how much you think that you are so with it in your plans. No matter how good you think you are in your authority and your authoritative positions, there will come a day when you have to reckon with the unmovable, unshakable, solid rock of ages, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the final authority. Could it be that there is someone here today, maybe that even knows Jesus, has accepted his forgiveness, but still has not given the Jesus full authority of your heart? There's all these areas you've said yes to Jesus in, but you're like, no, I, this I'm not. I'm not altering my course, God. You alter yours. <laughs> but the same power, church, I want you to know that the same power that raises, raised Jesus from the dead, that same power is in you, church, if you know the Lord is your Savior but you cannot experience the power if you do not come under God's authority. 
the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that moved the stone from the grave, the same power that brought him from uh, the depths and gave him pure victory is the same power that lives inside of you. But I'm going to tell you that you will not ever really know God's power if you don't say yes to Jesus in every area of your life. And recognize his true authority. No matter who you are, the best decision you could ever make is to pick up your cross, die to yourself, and live for Jesus. Amen? Hey, we're going to have our ushers. They're going to come through here in a bit. And they're going to uh, take up our, our tithes and offerings. But as they're preparing, I want, to, I want you to understand that the greatest offering that you can make, the greatest offering that you can make today is the offering of yourself. And, and God doesn't want 10% of you. He wants 100% of who you are. So as you worship, even in your tithes and offerings, would you take a moment and just think about the greatest offering that you can make to our Lord and Savior? The greatest offering is this, 100% of your heart. And all these things then, they're going to be added to you but 100% of your heart is what Jesus is after. Nothing more, nothing less. It says in the Bible that our God is a jealous God, and until he is in charge of all, 100% of who you are, he's not satisfied. And that's a good thing, church. And I want to tell you that there's times in my life, and, and it, it doesn't end. I thought when I got older, I thought, you know, I'm almost 50 years old now. And I thought, man, everything will be easy by the time I get there. No, it gets harder. I'm sorry. I know that's not the message you wanted to hear. But I'm telling you, it gets harder sometimes to let go and to let God. But here's the thing is every time that I have come up against an obstacle and I said, God, I give it to you. God has always been faithful. He is not shaking. He's not changing course. He has always been and even if I were to die in the midst of the situation, I will see him face to face, and he will still be faithful. Amen? Now, would you just take a moment just to pray with me? Lord, as, as, we, as we are getting ready to give of our tithes and offerings, but Lord, more importantly, we ask, God, are you... you truly the authority of us. Lord, in the words of David, I ask right now that you would search me. Search my heart. Know every inclination. Reveal it to me. And I pray, God, I pray this because I want to see every part of me in line with every part of you. And I pray that for our church as well your church, God. May every part of us be in line with every part of you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
I want you to know that all authority has been given to Jesus. All authority over heaven and over earth has been given to Jesus. There's no better choice than you can ever make. I don't care what obstacle or what crisis you might find yourself in now than Jesus Christ and him alone. Our Jesus is worth worshiping and giving our lives for. Amen? We love you, Jesus. That's why we're here. I'm going to pray this final prayer, and if you would just go... uh, as you leave, just kind of leave quietly as those who are uh, praying here up front. And, uh, we'll give them some time and uh, respect this time that they're having with the Lord. But again, if God is speaking to you, no better place than to deal with it at the altar. Lord, thank you for showing up today. We thank you, God, for your goodness and for your grace. We thank you, God, for all the the blessings. But, Lord, more than that, we thank you that even when we don't understand that you are the authority. And so, Lord, we submit to you. We lean on you. We give our all to you. And, Lord, today, for those who may not even know you right now as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they will pray this prayer. For God, we say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. And there's situations and issues in my life that need to be done away with. Lord Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? Would you enter into my heart? Would you make me a new creation like you promised you would in Scripture? Would you take all of my hurts and pains and take my ashes and turn them to joy? We pray these things. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Come into my heart and save me, Jesus. Um, Today, if you said those words, maybe even where you're standing, I want you to know that you are now a child of God. God, A child of the King of kings, of the Lord of lords, the one who has all authority. He lives inside of you. We give God praise for that. If you would like to talk with me, I'll be over here to the, my, your left. But today, I thank you for being attentive to the Holy Spirit. May God bless you as you move from this place and out into your mission field to be what God has called you to be, his church, a church that stands in his authority day by day. May God bless you and keep you. Amen.